In Your Element is made just for you, the listener. If you enjoy the podcast, consider visiting patreon.com slash inyourelement and supporting at the $1 level or above to receive all future episodes early and ad-free. Gain a Patreon-exclusive role in the In Your Element Discord server, where you can hang out and chat with myself and other elementalists, be eligible for giveaways, attend patron hangouts, and more. Now, on to the show. Welcome to episode 25 of In Your Element, a gaming podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Adler. Today, I'm joined by my guests, Eric Manning and Amos Tebow. How you guys been lately? Really good. Yeah, been good, been good. Can't complain. Yeah, awesome. Amos and I just hung out a few days ago, actually. Sweet. Yeah. What'd you guys do? Working on your backyard. Oh, yeah. Manual labor. Yeah. Manual Eric, labor. The only reason Eric brings his friends over, just to... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that concrete looks good, though, man. It does. It looks really nice. I can't wait to see when it's all done. Yeah. (laughs) What have you guys been playing lately? Uh, I've been playing a lot of Apex. Amos and I have been playing some of that together, too. Nice. Yeah, same. Lots of Apex. Trying to uh, get that elusive win. Not yet, but working on it. Me too, dude. I'm still... I got close, but like fifth place, so that's not really that close. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Eric, you got second. I saw that. Oh, nice! Yeah, Twice I was watching actually, the. You know. Yeah, because I saw the other night you had that one that team that was like insane. That one guy just cleaned up for you. That was so yeah. I that was your first night playing. Famous, but yeah, I feel like that explaining it doesn't do it justice. It was so freaking cool. <laughs> this guy just owned. Yeah, he had like thirteen kills. It was insane. I was like, this guy, like for the game being out at that point for like three four days, this guy was cleaning up. Just left and right. I was like, dude, this you Literally need to stay on this guy's team. Circle, still killing guys and he- healing himself. It was just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, some people wish for sugar daddies. I just wish for someone to carry me in Apex. Right. <laughs> 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 just put up a put up a request on Craigslist yeah, exactly. or something. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I just need an Apex carry, please. Back Let me get that yeah. first win. I know, man. That like once you get that first win in any of these games, like it feels like just getting that weight off your shoulder, you know? Yeah, yeah. we're I'm just talking. Yeah. I don't, I've not really got my first one in any of them, so damn. Um, we'll see, yeah, you, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, we need we need that crossplay to to hurry up and happen so mm-hmm. we can come up because you guys are playing on Xbox. So seriously, I do not have an Xbox. I can't contribute there. I'm sorry. Uh, I've been playing for a gaming podcast, right? I know. Well, you know. I do what I can, so you got it. I have I have also been playing Apex Legends, enjoying it a lot. I've been trying to test out the different characters to kind of find out which one I'm comfortable with the most. And right now, I think Bangalore is probably my go-to, just because she's pretty mm. like easy mm. to use across the board. Yeah, the uh, smoke grenade is like kind of too good, I feel like, for escaping because mm-hmm. uh, that smoke lasts for a very long time so and you get the boost of sprint when they're shooting at you yeah yeah that is very helpful she's got really good escape mechanisms so big fan of her um i don't really know i, I bought mirage and i haven't used them yet but uh i've seen some some good mirage gameplay which is inspiring so he's all right to... i we played with him the other day amos's yeah. brother was mirage and yeah he's he was really a, i feel like he's a really solo support character yeah yeah and i i feel like you know really good characters yeah very technical and good players are gonna be able to tell the decoy from the real thing so um that's like his biggest draw is just being able to throw out that decoy of himself but 
I mean, it's it's nice to bait people out or maybe bait out some fire so you can kind of figure out where the enemy's at. But yeah, yeah, I'm uh, we'll we'll definitely get more into a deep discussion uh during the featured segment. But uh, besides that, I've been just playing Kingdom Hearts three, trying to get through that before Anthem comes out. Uh, I'm I feel like I'm near the end. I got to the frozen area, so the whole Arendelle place. They uh basically just rehash most of the movie there including the entire let it go song like that is frame for frame recreated in the game which i was seriously uh, yeah i was not expecting that except they they weave in the the kingdom hearts characters and then uh, donald and goofy are in there too so it just it's like frozen and then all of a sudden they just cut over to like sora and donald and goofy and they're like whoa and like she's doing the whole ice castle thing it's super cheesy but wow. you know the game's fun. I uh, I'm gonna do an episode later uh, with uh, probably a full review once I finish up. But uh, yeah, nice. So uh, all right. Well, before we begin, I uh, do have some housekeeping for the show. So um, as you may know already, I am doing a series of monthly giveaways that anybody can participate in. And uh, to kick it off, I'm giving away a custom in your element podcast T-shirt with the logo on the pocket. It's viewable right now on my Instagram page. If you're interested in seeing it. To enter, you just need to make sure you're following the show on Instagram at In Your Element Podcast and on Twitter at IYE Podcast. And then follow the Discord link, which you can find in the show notes for this episode or available on my website. You're going to navigate to the February March giveaway section and click on the party emote button underneath the giveaway bot, and you'll be automatically entered. Sounds like a lot of steps. I promise it's very, very easy. Uh, and then a winner is going to be chosen at random by the bot in i believe five days so you've got a little bit of time before that ends so get in there and uh you'll also notice in the in the discord server there's another channel that's titled february game giveaway stay tuned because i'm going to be announcing what that game is very shortly and before we begin i'd like to take a moment to let you know where you can find in your element online my website is at in your element podcast.com you can find me on instagram as i said before at in your element podcast on twitter at iye podcast and if you enjoy the podcast, consider visiting patreon.com slash in your element and supporting at the $1 level or above to receive all future episodes early and ad free. Gain a Patreon exclusive role in the disc in the in your element discord server where you can hang out and chat with myself and other elementalists, be eligible for giveaways, attend patron hangouts and more. And lastly, if you have any gaming related questions that you'd like me to answer on the show, email me at hello at in your element podcast.com. I'll be sure to answer your questions on the next episode of In Your Element. So uh, on to the news. The first piece of news that came today uh, got me very, very excited. Nintendo finally announced a proper Nintendo Direct, which will be taking place tomorrow. If you're listening to this on Patreon feeds, it's going to be February 13th at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. If you're catching this on Friday on the free feeds, that means it already happened. And uh, I'm sure you'll find some of my recaps somewhere on the Internet. Uh, anyhow, they tweeted out that they will be discussing upcoming Nintendo Switch games, including Fire Emblem Three Houses. And this is the first Direct we've gotten since the final Super Smash Brothers Direct, which was way back in early November of last year. So uh, what are you guys looking forward to hearing about tomorrow during the Nintendo Direct? Eric? Uh, yeah, I'm actually looking forward to hearing uh, about the new Fire Emblem. Yeah, definitely. I've been... Uh, that game was already... I think when they initially announced it, I, I want to say it was supposed to be a, a holiday 2018 uh, and then they pushed it back to spring. So mm -hmm. it's uh, it's definitely time for a new Fire Emblem game. I am um, very excited to play that. And uh, 
get my get my hands on some uh some new fire emblem because the last one i played actually was uh awakening which was on the 3ds that was like one of the early 3ds titles very oh, very wow. fun game but yeah I, I missed the entire fire emblem uh echoes that whole line of games um mm-hmm. the fates echoes whatever all those were so oh yeah uh, yeah it's it's been a while and uh, i know last time we were uh hanging out eric i got wargroove which is uh an indie game that was shown off at the uh yeah the little indie showcase that happened last month Mm-hmm. Uh, which is also a, a tactics-based game similar to Fire Emblem and Advance Wars is kind of more in line with what it's uh, what right. it's kind of taken taken a page out of the book from. But I'm, I only got that because I'm just trying to hold my hold my appetite for Fire Emblem with something. You know, I need a little a little tactics-based game in my life right now. Yeah, see, I for me, I I have never been like a tactics. I don't usually play tactics style games. Right. Um, but just enjoying the Fire Emblem series, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what this game's about. I'll definitely consider checking it out. Probably even picking it up after yeah. checking out some more gameplay and stuff. Definitely, um, yeah. I haven't played Fire Emblem in a very long time. I mean, I mm-hmm. played Fire Emblem Warriors, but it doesn't, you know. Yes, it's a, a great and incredible game, but it's not the same as what, what Fire Emblem truly is. So, right, right, kind of a spinoff, more of a spinoff. Mm-hmm. for that game yeah right which it's a it's a fun really enjoyable spin-off you kill a lot of people <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's really really fun but yeah it's not what the true fire emblem warriors was uh made for so yeah I'm yeah that. and hopefully we hear even um more maybe even some stuff we weren't expecting I really do hope so. Um, I know there's been rumors for a very long time that the Metroid Prime trilogy was going to be coming out for Switch. There's even been some recent rumors that say that that's a game that's going to be coming out for sure this year. Um, I really think that after the Metroid Prime 4 delay that happened a couple weeks ago, this would be a perfect time to release that. So people can kind of, you know, quench their thirst, if you will, on some Metroid Prime while the next game is basically restarted its development. So yeah, that game we're probably really not cool. going to see for a few years. So yeah, I think this would be a great uh, gift from Nintendo uh, at this point. And it seems like uh, there was a rumor uh, recently when the, the game got delayed that Retro Studios pretty much had that game already finished, the uh, Prime Trilogy. So there, wow. the port sounds like it's ready to go. It's just kind of awaiting that final release from Nintendo. Right. So I think, the I think there's a... Stuff. Yeah. I think there's a good chance we'll see that release. Uh, and I, I really, truly think we could even see like a shadow drop tomorrow where they just say, hey, Metroid Prime Trilogy, it's in the eShop right now. Go get it. And if that does happen, gentlemen, let me tell you right now, <laughs> I'm putting down everything uh, and and picking that up because I absolutely love those games. That might be one of my favorite franchises uh, of all time. Wow. Um, very, very close to Bioshock. So those are Dang, those are like two awesome. of my favorites. Yeah. Um, other stuff I'd like to see some Animal Crossing footage. We haven't seen anything for from that game um, since yeah, they gave us that teaser. Yeah, they gave us that teaser. If you remember a while ago yeah. during uh, one of the Super Smash Brothers directs when they when they uh, revealed Isabel, they mm-hmm. also said, hey, Animal Crossing's coming in 2019. And that's it. That's all we've heard so far. So really um, hoping we get some more news, maybe some. Uh, gameplay footage of that or at least a trailer i'd love a trailer that would be great something 
Yeah. Um, another game I would like to see, and I've got, you know, of course, there's a ton of stuff I'd really like to see, but one that I'm intrigued by is uh, Town, which was a working title from Game Freak. So the the guys who work on the uh, Pokemon games, the main franchise games, mm-hmm. they're doing a spinoff or not spinoff, excuse me, a uh, an RPG game um, for Nintendo Switch that's titled Town right now. Looks like it's kind of a stylized artwork uh kind of taking place in a central town so i'm curious to see how they spin off an entire rpg that seemingly takes place in a very small limited area uh but you know those guys this make the fantastic that games and had um i feel like it was kind of like an indie style yeah um, it was it was kind of like a almost like an anime look for the artwork it was right, a, right. yeah it, it was good. looked like a close up version of like what the new pokemon games look like yeah, similar, very similar. Very cartoony. Yeah, yeah. Um, Nino Kuni was, was kind of what I got vibes from, for sure. Right. Yeah, this, I yeah. mean, from the glimpse of what I remember of this game, it, um, I think what threw me off a little bit was the, um, the uh, fighting style that yeah. they were introduced, because it is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Uh, but definitely interested, hopefully we see more of it. Yeah, I want to know if there's going to be any like monster catching mechanics. If they're going to you use that that same formula similar to Pokemon, where you kind of catch like wild whatever and put it on oh, your team and make it fight for you. Yeah, it would be interesting, specifically because they've got a another Pokemon game coming out at the end of this year. So I can't yeah. imagine it's going to be too close. Uh, I think they're going to want to keep their own identity for this game. But I mean, I'm open to it. Whatever, whatever they end up doing, I'm I'm in. I just want some more info. Right. <laughs> yeah well we'll see what happens tomorrow again that's at uh 2 p.m pacific time um it'll be on their youtube channel right afterwards as well if you don't catch it live so give that a look and uh i'll, I'll share my impressions after that airs so um the second story this one is uh a bit more on the downside of uh, of what's happening in the industry not very exciting news but definitely needs to be brought to light um Earlier today, uh, there was a lot of news that broke uh, around Activision Blizzard that uh, they've begun laying off workers ahead of their fourth quarter earnings report. This was reported by IGN. It's all over the internet right now, though. Yeah, so, it's been great news. Yeah, so Jay Allen Brack, who's the president of Activision Blizzard, sent out an email to his employees stating that, quote, staffing levels on some teams are out of proportion with our current release slate. This means we need to scale down some areas of our organization, end quote. So currently they're planning on releasing 8% of their staff, which equates to about 800 employees that will be losing their jobs. Oh my uh, gosh. That's a lot of people. So remember, Activision Blizzard is one of the biggest companies in the industry. So they've got a lot of people there. And according to the press release that they put out, uh, the teams that are working on Call of Duty, Candy Crush, Overwatch, Warcraft, Hearthstone, and Diablo, will actually be growing by approximately 20%. So I, I, it sounds more like the smaller projects that they were working on or the not-so-profitable ones are the ones that are going to be affected. Okay. So uh, also interesting, uh, I guess they did end up having that that quarterly earnings report. And on the call, uh, Jay Allen Brack, the, uh, the president, said he, he opened up the call basically saying, hey, uh, Activision Blizzard just had its most profitable year uh, ever. And then, um, like shared, you know, how, how much success they've had this year, which is like such a bad way to open that call up after 
you hear all this negative press surrounding them with regards right. to layoffs. So, no, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. So, you know, this looks like it's a classic trimming the fat situation with 800 people losing a job, which is terrible. But what's your guys take on the story? Yeah, I mean, it's all it always sucks when you hear of people losing their jobs. And ho for most people, hopefully their first thoughts are, you know, just well wishes for those families uh, that, you know, whoever they were they're supporting or whoever they're working for you know mm -hmm. they find a new opportunity quick um hopefully still within the industry and doing something that they love um yeah. but you also kind of wonder uh with some other recent news if it's related you know they released um bungee from their contract yeah um, and also have allowed bungee to maintain the rights to uh to destiny as well mm -hmm. so um, you know, like you said, they still have a lot of the big hitters, Call of Duty, Overwatch, Warcraft, Diablo. And, you know, you, you think Activision themselves will be fine. Um, but with the current state of gaming, with the increased costs of making these video games um, and the sort of exponential rise of the technology, you know, more detail, more fidelity. Um, I just heard, you know, some talks the other day that the next generation of consoles as the 360 did way back when forcing everything into HD, you know, a lot of the analysts are expecting the new wave, uh, Xbox is Scarlet and PlayStation five to be sort of that with 4k, uh, yeah. sort of setting the standard as 4k being the default. Right. So with that, you know, all the these are only going to get more expensive, but we're still buying them at sixty dollars a pop, and um, yeah, you know, they're finding as many interesting ways they can to monetize these games. But uh, you just got to wonder, you know, how sustainable is it going to be in the long run uh, yeah. with the current way that these games work and the current model for the business. Right. And you bring up a good point. This is a discussion that's been had. It seems like a lot more over the past year is the $60 price point for games. Is that mm -hmm. too little for what we're getting? Uh, and, and I, I have to say, yeah, it sucks that, that I think that there's inevitably going to be a price increase next generation, but you have to think now these games have been priced basically the same since, uh, all the way back on the NES and Super Nintendo, and even back then, they were mm -hmm. they were actually more expensive than they are now for a, an experience that could last you 20, 30 minutes for most games. You know, there were very few games that really gave you a, a multiple hour experience. A lot of them were more arcade, small, uh, mm -hmm. in home type things, and we didn't really see until you know the the PlayStation and the the Nintendo sixty four that era of games where we really started getting a lot bigger experiences with the the entry into 3D graphics. Um, but if you recall back then, PlayStation games were $49.99. Uh, and uh, I believe N64 were a lot more expensive. They were like $79 because of the cartridge mm -hmm. manufacturing costs and everything. But I mean, uh, I'm, for the most part, we've been pretty, pretty much at that $59 price point since... Uh, the Xbox 360. No, actually, even the PlayStation 2 generation, the Xbox and PlayStation 2, I think, mm -hmm. is when they jumped that price point up to 59. And it's been there the whole time. But you yeah. look at the games that we have now, uh, the you know, last generation, but The Last of Us, you've got games like Zelda Breath of the Wild this generation. You've got these multi-million dollar projects that are on par, if not more, than uh, uh, movie titles are in Hollywood. 
these budgets are huge for some of these games, especially coming from uh, Activision Blizzard. These guys are putting out, I mean, AAA game after AAA game, uh, as are other developers and publishers. So, yeah, I, I really do think we're going to see a price increase next generation. Um, it, it really is going to be like, how how are they going to approach that, though? Like, wh- yeah. what, are you, what are your guys' thoughts on an inevitable price increase? Well, I kind of look at it as the way that I play games now, of course, uh, I'm not buying every, you know, major game that's coming out right now, nor do I have time to do that. But Mm -hmm. I mean, to keep 800 people in their jobs, giving us the amazing games that they have been, I'd be okay with it. Yeah. I think it's always horrible when you hear companies doing this. And granted, you haven't really heard a lot of this stuff happening especially in the in the gaming industry for a long time, but you haven't really heard of these types of cuts being made for a while. And so, I mean, I, I would absolutely be okay with that if, you know, that we're going to stay consistent with the game uh, quality that we're getting. Right. Um, you know, one some things to keep in mind too, I mean, we're not really, we're also transitioning into a world where we're not necessarily um, s- selling too many hard copies anymore either so yeah i think to get to a point where maybe the price can um you know adjust based off of maybe no longer hard copies and we go all digital I mean, that's yeah. where everything's basically going and that could potentially help help 800 people save their jobs you know so, sure yeah um, they would keep more of the the revenue share of that digital sale for sure yeah um absolutely so i don't know i think that i would absolutely be okay with seeing that um i'm not you know like i said i'm not playing all the brand new games that are coming out and the games that i do buy i'm i'm playing for a long period of time yeah so well yeah look at even i was gonna say even today you know looking ahead to some of the topics we're gonna focus on we're gonna see interesting monetization schemes and i think as a gaming community we're pretty resistant to change <laughs> and we're pretty resistant yeah, yes. <laughs> to things being different than the way we're used to right even though you know we implicitly know that things had to change to get to what we're used to uh, yeah and we just have to try to as a collective group and even though it's tough um be open to new and interesting ways for these companies to try to finance the projects they're doing you know it's mm-hmm. not you know, there might still be those few cases where we have the cyberpunks and the witchers and um, the oblivions and, you know, whatnot, mm. the morrowinds and, and, and fallouts. But, you know, and those are still going to exist. I don't think those are going to go away, but we're also going to see a lot more of these games where you may buy a game at full price, but there's going to be ways that these developers have to supplement it mm-hmm. to have it make sense financially you know because no matter how much we want this to be a purely creative pursuit you know and have these be purely passion projects you know we can't ignore the fact that there is money involved and there's companies who need to exist and uh be profitable yeah to keep putting out the things we love and uh it's it's gonna probably result in some growing pains but Mm -hmm. hopefully it comes out on we all come out on the other end you know better for it yeah, and and you bring up a good point too of of these different schemes of monetization, right? And uh, there's been such a stigma around loot boxes for the past couple of years, and there's just such a negative approach to that. But then you see games like 
Fortnite that are completely free, Apex that's completely free, and they're able to sustain uh, all of this development cost because they've got cosmetic items in the game that people are able to buy mm -hmm. for $20 a pop or whatever, and they're making money ha uh, you know, hand over fist. Another interesting way that I saw monetization recently was with Assassin's Creed Odyssey last year. So that was a full price game and it had uh, optional purchases in game for cosmetics. Of course, there's always going to be a market of some sort for cosmetics. So that's one way that developers can offset those costs. But then they actually had uh, basically like a $10 purchase in game to increase your experience that you get as you play the game and level up your character, which I thought was at first I was like, well, that's like kind of shitty that they would, you know, effectively make a game uh, easier for you to progress through. But, you know, you pay $10 for it. But then I thought, you know what? That's not a bad idea because, you, Eric, you brought up a good point. These games are so long and there's such little time to, that you really have to invest in these games, especially you've got a family, right? You've got a right. job. You have uh, other other uh, things that you've got attention towards, right? You don't have an uh, endless amount of time to play all these different games and they all are calling for your attention. So maybe $10 here and there to to speed up the the progress that you make in the game. That's not a bad investment if you think about it. You're still getting the full experience. You're just getting it at a little bit faster pace so you can get through it. Right. So, I mean, that's that was kind of interesting. I I, I kind of came around on it after a bit and I was like, that's not a bad not a bad idea. Not everyone's going to do it, but you think about how many millions of copies they're selling and then, you know, maybe 10% of those people purchase that in game for $10, right? There's a there's an extra bit of money that you otherwise wouldn't have had um access to. So, yeah, I think next generation we're going to see some really interesting things happen with pricing structures. Um I I obviously I don't want prices to go up, but I'm also I'm I'm realistic and I understand that things will go up, right? Movie tickets, for instance, those have gone up over the past, you know, 10-15 years, but games have not. So, like you got to you got to recoup that uh, in, initial investment somewhere and uh it, and we can't just keep expecting that we're going to pay the same amount for these games that are getting bigger and more grandiose and longer and expect that all these people are just going to have a job at the end of the day like right it, it's it's got to give somewhere so well i yeah. mean i know we're about to segue but you know real quick i'll make mm -hmm. one last comment is yeah. it would be pretty incredible to see what's to come of these 800 people? I mean, think about the opportunities that they'll have to come together and potentially even start new gaming companies. Yeah, yeah, you definitely. Know? Yeah, I've, I mean, look at uh, Telltale. They just had their big, um, their big basically shutdown. The, the company went bankrupt and they had mm -hmm. to uh, effectively let go of everybody without any type of severance package, which at least Activision Blizzard's providing a big severance package for people. So they're they're giving them some support. I know it's it's not, uh, a, a good thing to lose your job, of course, but they're not right. just letting people go and not ha able to help them at all. I mean, the telltale situation was just absolutely terrible having people mm -hmm. just basically learn that they had 30 minutes to get out of the building and get their stuff. And, oh, you don't have a job now. There was no yeah. heads up or anything. So, um, it, but those people, a lot of them went off and, and founded a, a new studio. And I believe Skybound Games is publishing the end of the uh, Walking Dead Mm -hmm. uh, series so i mean those people while not all of them are probably in a new position a lot of them were able to find jobs within the industry and the industry came together really quickly on twitter and we're showing hey we've got open positions for everybody here from 
uh, telltale, you know, send your resume in and we'll, we'll, we'll get to you as soon as we can type of thing. Right. So I, I think, I think the majority of these people will find uh, a new position somewhere, but yeah, I mean, starting mm-hmm. a new, a new venture is always a, a possibility too. So yeah. I wish, I wish everybody uh, who's involved in these uh, layoffs the best, of course. Well, uh, as we transition then into our feature discussion, uh, I want to um, start by discussing uh, BioWare's upcoming shared world shooter anthem. So uh, another big game experience that's going to ask for a lot of your time, Eric. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're all very excited. Yeah, we're all very excited to jump into this world uh, in just about a week and a half. It's coming up very, very soon. So I want to chat with you guys about the demo experiences thus far. Uh, between the VIP demo that you guys played through and the open demo weekend last week that uh, we participated in. Uh, Just give our early impressions of the game as well as what to expect in the final release. So first, I just want to get out there what everybody wants to know about, which is how do you guys feel about actually flying in the various various javelin suits? Feels pretty good, I have to say. I think that is one of the mechanics that the game hinges upon yes they didn't get that right it wouldn't it it just wouldn't succeed that it would just fail um but they did (laughs) i I mean it it feels really good it's smooth it it's intuitive Mm -hmm. um you know compared to flying in any other game whether it's a plane or a starship or anything Mm -hmm. this Mm -hmm. is just you know it it makes perfect sense and and works really well it feels so good say they nailed it 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 yeah. does feel very good, and I agree. It does. It, it I am never like the best pilot in games that have vehicles, right? I'm generally like uh, I can do it. It's fine, but I'm never super effective at flying and maneuvering right away. Mm-hmm. It takes a little bit getting used to. This was so just pick up and go, and it yeah. feels very very easy to navigate. Like there's really not a learning curve at all. Like I was like, oh man, flying, you know, flying through these worlds and navigating up and down through tight quarters and stuff like that's going to be really hard and really realistically it's not it's very right. it's very much just seamless movement from ground to, to sky so um yeah i i, I, I would agree mm-hmm. i was just going through i was like man this just feels so good and this is the, like i'm looking forward to seeing what it's like in the like the actual game i'm sure mm-hmm. it's going to be pretty much the same but yeah um no it, it felt it just felt right it felt so good mm-hmm. uh, i have to to like the meter dropping because it doesn't last forever but um, it definitely doesn't yeah and i didn't realize that was a thing until i played the demo i was like oh shit you can't just indefinitely fly in this game which i i i get it i understand because it seemed like that would be a little broken if you had all these ground-based enemies and you could just fly you know above them or by them but yeah i honestly starting up the game i i thought the same thing i thought i was just gonna be able to fly the whole time yeah but um after playing um the demo I, I I get it. I'm right there with you. I get why yeah. you can't. Um, that little part of me was like almost like saying, "Ah, oh, well, I wish one of the javelins you can at least do this." Yeah, but um, no, it's still regardless. It feels it still feels good. It doesn't matter. You just have to get used to that mechanic. Yeah, yeah. but it's like I, it's a fully integrated mechanic, which is nice. It's not just mm-hmm. this is a mode of movement, but there's so much wrapped up in it. You know, you have. Mm-hmm weather effects you're flying if it's raining you can fly longer um if you skim down to the water you can keep your jets cool and fly longer mm-hmm. um, if you fly through a waterfall you'll cool off completely and extend your flight um mm-hmm. you know the hovering mechanics are different for each javelin if you think about the storm and how yeah 
it hovers and gets an overshield. Um, mm-hmm. The ranger is the only javelin that can actually uh, sort of engage in combat while it's flying uh, with its ultimate. So it's it's not mm-hmm. it's nice how they kind of made it a multi tiered system um, mm-hmm. and add so many layers just to the movement on top of everything else that the game does. Um, and based on the short time I've had with it, um, does quite successfully, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also noticed too, I was poking around in the menus for customization for the javelins. And by the way, there's a ton of customization options, which we'll talk yeah. about in a second. But one of them I noticed you can basically equip different, like for, for all intents and purposes, mods to your equipment, right? And uh, you get six of these slots eventually in the full game to unlock. Um, and a lot of them are, are going to give you like, you know, plus 5% to your flight time or plus, you know, 10% to your recharge for the actual uh, cooldown and such. So uh, if you do want to have a javelin that's more air focused or able to stay in the air longer, it looks like you can kind of tech that that way uh, mm-hmm. and build that type of javelin for certain missions that would require maybe a little a bit more air combat. So um, right. I after watching uh, their like initial intro video that that Bioware put out recently, that kind of goes through like the beginning stuff, customization and all that. There's like so much you can you can customize each of these individual javelins that all feel and look very different from each other but you can take the ranger for instance and spec him out in a totally different way you could have a support style or you could have purely an attack style or really defensive version of that and like hot swap between them before missions which is i think one of the coolest parts about this game is that you're not tied to a specific class like destiny uh where you where you pick it and you're like oh man 30 hours in, I wish I went the other way. You really have the flexibility to switch at any point between those different four once you've got them unlocked and then also spec each of those out and have multiple versions of them that you can pick. Yeah. Uh, One thing that I did not like, and this is just a personal thing, um, is uh, you guys know the cutscene when you're like getting into the javelin? Uh, Like once you hop in there and it transitions into like this really sick cutscene where it like, like pans around and it's like super iron man looking <laughs> yeah. uh but for whatever reason uh like the the little dude like you're in first person when you're in like the little hub area he like hops into the javelin and like it looks super claustrophobic going into that suit and i just yeah. i was like i mean <laughs> it does. if this, it if this nice was padded though dude but it looks way too tight yeah. i was like yeah i was like oh I, I would never be able to do this in real life this is good thing this is just a game <laughs> um <laughs> but no cool. i i do like the uh the, we brought up a moment ago the customization options did you guys get a chance to look through and see what you can change on there yeah i tried to mess around with it a bit i think one thing that i was impressed with when i first heard about the game and looking into it and then getting a chance to try it in real life um is changing the materials i thought that was a really unique touch yes yes you have um six different areas on your javelin uh through each of the four uh, i guess you would say classes but each of the four suits um and each area you can change the material and the color um and there's different qualities of material either cloth leather plastic metal um and this kind of gets into you know, what we hinted at earlier is interesting monetization schemes. Mm-hmm. You know, while Anthem will be a full $60 release, they've promised that there will be no paid DLCs um, and no paid content expansions to kind of keep the community together and to keep mm-hmm. the player base together. 
but they'll be monetizing it through these customization options. So you can buy uh, new armor sets, new skins, new um, uh, materials. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing, there was a picture going around. There was a, uh, a sort of diamond pattern metal uh, finish Ooh. that you can put on, which looked really cool. Um, so that's kind of something that I'm excited for, just kind of making a, my own unique creations and, and something that, expresses a personal style but uh looks great flying around and and yeah absolutely i guess yeah i think um oh i was just gonna say i think from my understanding of all that i think it um you can depending on how much time you play you may not even need to necessarily buy or put money on anything true yeah you pretty much Mm -hmm. earn everything in the game Mm-hmm. Yeah, just it's just me... going to take time, of course, just like right. any other any other game like Apex. Also, mm-hmm. you can pretty much get all of that stuff, but you just got to put the time in. Right. Exactly. Uh, yeah. But I, I really do think that this is a great approach because you, I mean, this kind of game is just screaming for customization. Everybody wants to show off and 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 show the, the different materials they've got or the different vinyl wraps that they've picked up along the way. Uh, I know that there's like a pre-order bonus for a specific like skin. So people people love to show off. We saw this with Fortnite. I mean, Fortnite people are are buying twenty dollars skins left and right just because they want to they want to be different. They want to show that they've got a, a unique character or something that's very rare. And yeah. uh, and this is this is perfect for that. And the fact that there's six different areas that you can customize on there with different materials and colors and uh, and everything. I was blown away. Typically, when you've got like customization options in games, they're 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 decent, but somewhat limited to like a maybe a primary color and a secondary color right uh and that's it and it's usually like okay cool you can customize with whatever color scheme you want but you've only got like really two sections that change i was so surprised to see that there was six of those sections here so there's like yeah it's insane i was i was like oh my there's like an infinite number of combinations that you can make and all of the materials i i was i was blown away so i i definitely spent probably an hour of the uh the open demo just messing around with the customization menu and just looking at all of the different options and i i was so stoked when i got like my first like javelin all kitted out and everything with whatever like materials were in the the open demo but i was like man i'm so hyped like took a little picture on the ps4 like shared that out on twitter because i'm like look at this this looks so sick you know (laughs) so and i like also what they have decided to make sort of i guess you would say premium or stuff that you'd have to buy you know or earn through currency or Mm -hmm. or through real money but the stuff that they decide not to do like we're talking about changing materials and and different parts of the javelin from the very start of the game level one you can make a fully gold plated javelin head Mm -hmm. to toe every single Mm -hmm. slot and go right out into the field like that um where other games think that you know the gold skin or the gold version is you know the is supposed to be the premium or the yeah. thing you have to unlock but they kind of give it to you right away which i think is kind of cool um yeah and i also believe point. they have stated yeah. that there will be certain uh vinyls and unlockables that you can only get through actually achieving uh certain milestones in the game which is mm-hmm. a nice touch mm-hmm. um so it's not just i either grind this out or spend money but actually did something that mm-hmm. allows me to look this way or or to show off an achievement that I have earned through playing. Yeah, that's definitely a good a good point. Like uh like in Destiny when you get like raid specific um exactly, shaders, yeah. right? Like that's 
that's kind of like you're, you're like you know showing your your battle your battle wounds basically like i, yeah, I went exactly. through this <laughs> i did the thing to get this cool look so like look at me um one one other aspect a big you know the whole point of this game's mission based uh you go through missions you've got a story arc that you're going to be following uh those are pretty straightforward kind of like what you'd get in a game like destiny uh one of the things in the uh demo that i got a chance to dive into was one of the strongholds so strongholds um they've described as some of the highest level fixed challenges in anthem they'll put your entire squad to the test these longer missions will have you fighting some of the deadliest enemies in the world and plenty of them as you delve deep into unknown territory Fight your way past every obstacle and you'll be handsomely rewarded with some of the best loot in the game. Stay in constant communication with your team and use everything you've learned as a freelancer to make it through to the end. Did you guys get a chance to dive into the stronghold that was in the demo? I did not. Um, We would be remiss uh, if we did mention that. At least for the VIP demo, I believe everything kind of got sorted out for most people once the open demo uh, came out. Yeah. We should mention the VIP demo has some technical difficulties. I um, heard. So yes. I was able to play <laughs> a little bit uh, towards the end Yeah, uh, that, on that mm-hmm. Sunday, um, yeah. but pretty much by myself. So free roaming and I tried a mission. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, the following weekend, I did not have a chance to jump into it. Okay. Yeah. So I, I, I heard, yeah, I, I really do feel like you guys got the shit under the stick on the VIP demo. Yes. Um, I I did not pre-order the game. I just did now, uh, but I did not have it pre-ordered, so I didn't have access to that, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, but man, that, that was a real bad look for them initially. I was like seeing all the articles online of, you know, people getting stuck loading in and just the game crashing and rubber banding everywhere and um I'm, I'm glad they, they did sort that out during the open demo i uh, i played probably four hours of the open demo weekend and i mm-hmm. i truly had no issues with the game i didn't have any crashes i didn't have any issues loading in so i'm, I'm thankful for that i know that there right. were definitely still a lot of bugs uh that were that were in there but i know eric you mentioned that the the vip demo was like multiple patches behind the the main release right yeah and that's actually something i think amos shared with me it's was like six or eight patches behind about uh, six weeks of bug fixes yeah um, that's significant so uh, uh, from reading about it a lot of complaints were uh almost always answered with yeah that's been fixed already but we just didn't have it in the <laughs> demo build um, yeah so I, I think a lot of frustrations and concerns people had are were kind of just a, a a byproduct of the fact that they had to at some point split off the demo bill from the main bill of the game so that they could yeah. finalize it and have something to put out um to the public so um, yeah but you know that's sense. that's what happens <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, it was a full i mean you have to realize too the 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 vip demo was almost a full month before the game's final release right mm-hmm. so yep. that final month is critical for ironing out those those final bugs and yeah, uh, and huge. a lot of these i'm sure they may not have even gotten the chance to to see until there was that many people playing it so i i know they got a lot of good feedback from the two weekends mm-hmm. uh, right. i I, did, I saw there's a their developers have been very active in the reddit uh, uh the subreddit for anthem um uh, responding to uh people's requests and uh mentioning a lot of the things that will be fixed in the final game i know a lot of the feedback that was given um and one of my gripes with the game was how slow you move in the hub area 
the uh like the first oh, person yeah. view like i was like dude you can't run here at all like you're w- you're walking at like a snail's pace and they're yeah. like yeah that's going to be addressed already like we have that ready to go in the final build too so it sounds like there's they're they're aware of most of the issues that the game has yeah. or a lot of the the negativity uh around from those demos so uh, i'm confident that the the team's going to do very good work they, again they've been very open with their communication which is super helpful in this day and age when you get a lot of developers that put a game out and just ghost the community for a long time and you have no idea what's happening with the game and just praying that somebody is listening or somebody is out there aware of what's happening. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, they've been but, they've been uh, really good connecting with the community, which yeah. I think is huge. Yeah, I think that goes a long way. I know Destiny had uh, a, a good community leader for a while that was, uh, you know, they were sending out basically weekly updates with the game. Here's what's being fixed. Here's what we're working on. But a lot of that game struggled because their development was so far out that they really couldn't address a lot of the big issues in the moment. Whereas it seems like at least Anthem, uh, they they do have their timeline, which we'll get to in a bit. But a lot of the things that they that people have gripes about can be addressed in the moment, which is really a, a helpful thing. They've, they've been kind of touting that. I've read a few times from the developers where they've mentioned that the way they built the game, they kind of built it in a way that things can be easily addressed and they can easily get into the game itself and the, yeah. the live servers and, and make tweaks and adjustments uh, pretty quickly, which is a smart idea. And it is get a lot of sense from this, that they've learned from the division and from yeah. destiny and from the first forays into this new genre of show or shooter. And yeah. they uh, took their lessons from them and <laughs> from their mistakes and are kind of trying to uh, learn from that and, and uh, jump ahead of it. Uh, yeah. What they made here. Similar to the apex and how they've kind of learned from PUBG and Fortnite and yeah. uh, uh, blackout. A lot of these other big battle Royale games. We'll, we'll definitely get to that in a bit, but yeah, it's, it's good to see a company that's, that's aware of what's happening. They're responding to things. They're, they're not making the same mistakes and basically putting, this new community through the same exact things that we went through with destiny and with the division and a lot of those growing pains. So um, I know you guys mentioned you did not get a chance to play through the stronghold mission. Um, I just want to quickly give my thoughts on it. Um, It was basically the equivalent of, of like a strike in destiny, but it did have some, some sort of raid components to uh, some, there were some puzzles to solve. Basically they, they had some puzzles sprinkled through some of the regular missions too, which I found was pretty cool. Um, but the boss fight at the end, it was, uh, basically it was just a really big health bar boss that you had the whole squad fighting against. It was definitely a tough fight, but it felt fair. It it didn't feel like it was just an enemy with a lot of health for no reason. Like it was, it, the the fight had some mechanics that you had to go through, which is fun. So I don't want to spoil too much of that because that is going to be in the final release for those of you who did not get to play through, but, uh, I enjoyed it. It seemed like, um, it was helpful to have team communication, but. I didn't. I had two people on the squad that weren't on voice comms, and we were able to to get through that pretty quickly too. So, um, it it didn't seem like the team communications super critical to those kind of missions, uh, unlike uh, what you'd expect from like a raid, something that really you need to have everybody firing on all cylinders and understanding the mechanics of a puzzle. So, yeah, um, excited especially to see- with the new game style with the activating and. Hmm. The, the um, detonators and detonators, yeah. Mm-hmm. Prime, yeah, there it is. I think, um, even though I didn't get a chance to play it, but I think what 
is is key for anybody who hasn't looked into Anthem yet um, is that you know with strongholds and with their end game in particular, I think this is going to be an experience that leans a lot closer to Diablo in the mm-hmm. way that they're handling it uh, than it would sort of a Destiny like game, um, mm-hmm. even though it's the same sort of base structure. Um, yeah. They're really focusing more on uh, the the loot grind and uh, difficulty tiers and having the challenge and the um, complexity and the interest come from gearing up, jumping up the difficulty and then challenging yourself to face that difficulty gear up again. Mm -hmm. So you can get to the next one, Um, which I think is an important (laughs) distinction as far as the, uh, maybe the philosophy of what Anthem's going for. Yeah, that's actually a good point. I didn't consider that. They, they did say the, there's going to be, you know, your easy, medium, hard level difficulty. And then they have what grandmaster one, two, and three. Grandmaster one, two, and three. Yeah. Okay. Um, Yeah. That's a good, very good point this point right now grandmaster three bumps everything up to 950 percent uh, that's insane health and damage, yeah <laughs> that i and saw then, that and i was like oh my gosh which is yeah, than I what can it barely go on medium. yeah i mean through the yeah, solo yeah. medium is a is a healthy challenge in and of itself so yeah it, it yeah i'm i'm curious to see really like how much the gear improves to once you get to that end game content mm-hmm. and how uh how those challenges really become uh, seems like they're going to get wild with the gear, which I like. I think one mm-hmm. complaint I always hear from Destiny, and what I always had too, is that because of the multiplayer aspect, uh, you know, people felt that Bungie was a little too timid with giving out interesting gear, especially with the second one. Um, yeah. And I think that without any PvP concerns, it seems like Bioware is going to get pretty interesting. Uh, one that comes to mind is a a uh, special flamethrower, a masswork flamethrower for the Colossus. Um, mm-hmm. And the name escapes me right now, but it does stacking damage with every hit. Oh, so wow. I think oh, wow. it can stack five times, uh, and I'm sure someone Whoa. is going to actually have it in front of them and correct me, but um, yeah. the idea is that if you keep, if you just keep busting out the flamethrower, it's just going to keep doing more and more damage as you go until oh, you're just awesome. melting people. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of other skills that will boost your your left button power mm-hmm. um, when you use your right button power and vice versa. So I think it's gonna it's gonna be very interesting to see what people can come up with in the end game and and how they uh, ma- uh, maximize their builds to their play style. It'll be really cool to see that. Yeah, and uh, I I know that they there were rumors that they might end up working in PvP into the game, but I think that's. That's actually a good a good point that you made there as far as uh, end game loot goes. Yeah, if you never have to use it against anybody else but the enemies in the world, you can you can just make that shit as crazy as you want. (laughs) And uh, yeah, and I I really think that we've got multiplayer in so many other games um, available now. I mean, Apex will get to again, fantastic multiplayer game right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and in all honesty, like I never was so into the PVP aspect in destiny. I was more mm-hmm. about the world and more about the missions, the raids and everything yeah. than I was about going into the crucible because it, it, it just, it, it ended up becoming the same shit after a while in the crucible. Uh, once people kind of figure out the, the best weapons or what's broken, then it, everyone's using that same thing. And then it's, it's not really a fun experience. So, uh, I, I, you know, if they do bring a multiplayer PvP aspect into the game, maybe they'll have a separate like set of guns that can't be brought in. Like it's just stuff that spawns in there or something. We'll see. Yeah, be interesting. But, 
Speaking of what's coming on the horizon, uh, they did show recently the uh, the gameplay calendar for the game uh, as far as the roadmap for what's to come. And all we know right now is Act 1, which is going to be titled Echoes of Reality, is coming in March of 2019 as a free update to the game. And uh, they anticipate including new events, quality of life, new rewards, expanded progression system, new stronghold, guilds and leaderboards, new missions, and the introduction of the Cataclysm. So it sounds like it's going to, the Act 1 is going to be coming in a wave of separate updates. Update 1 is titled Evolving World. We don't know much about these other than the title. Update 2 is titled Stronger Together. Update 3 is the Cataclysm, which uh, they did show a small teaser of what that's going to look like in the open demo. I was not there near the end of when that happened, but apparently a huge rift opened up in the sky. And there was this is the same footage, I believe, that was shown at E3 a couple years ago. Um, but it sounds like the Cataclysm is going to be their really big... Um, timed end game content that that we'll we'll learn more about in the future uh what are you guys thoughts on this uh this roadmap so far uh, go ahead Eric. yeah i mean mine mine's quick um you know from just kind of some of the stuff i've been seeing uh around this game and uh their objective and what they're doing especially with the free content and the free updates and stuff that they're going to be bringing out um is they're preparing us for what's to come which I think is interesting. So, you know, the game that we get right from the get-go is it's getting us familiarized with the game, getting us, all of us who are playing, getting us good at it, getting us playing it, getting it in our hands mm -hmm. so that as these updates come out, it's preparing us for um, the, the next update, let's say. Yeah. So um, I'm interested to see what this evolution is going to look like because... Uh, the game itself just from the beta that you know the short time i got to play it, it already was a vast world and there was already so much to do mm -hmm. so yeah i'm very excited to see what what they do bring to the game over the the next year mm -hmm. um i wasn't aware amos that they weren't going to have any paid dlc so that's that's really a good sign that, mm -hmm. that they, yeah. they are that they are going to have a, a plethora of content coming for this so i'm hopeful um that that they're going to do the right thing and uh I've I have played other BioWare games like uh Mass Effect and and Dragon Age and and those games but uh and they they're all very very polished fantastic games so it'll be interesting to see how they translate more of their story that's what I'm really looking forward to the most is the story of this game and the uh the the decisions that you can make that they've shown off and really how they tie in their unique narrative into this experience uh, because I don't think thus far anyone has really pulled off really a successful story arc yet. I mean, Destiny, I think Destiny 2 did a better job of of bringing together a little bit more cohesive story. The first game was just an absolute mess in terms of yeah. understanding what was happening with the characters and the lore. And at least number two had a bit better um, uh, of that. But it still wasn't. I don't I don't remember what happened really in that story that it wasn't that memorable. Uh, so. Yeah, I I think it's a good sign that they put this roadmap out. I think knowing that they have a plan, knowing that they um, have a a sort of goal to meet mm -hmm. uh, with this game is is really comforting. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the biggest thing with these type of games, with these show or shared shared world shooters, um, <laughs> you know, taking their cue from MMOs of the past is mm -hmm. a good end game. Um, you know. 
people keep asking and, and posing the question on Twitter to the developers, um, you know, are there going to be raids? What are the raids going to be like? And one of the things that they keep mentioning, and I believe uh, this is from Ben Irving saying this most of the time, is that they really want what he calls inspirational, or not inspirational, I'm sorry, aspirational content. Mm-hmm. Um, something you can aspire to, something that is generally out of reach from the beginning, but you can work towards and get better at and maybe eventually get to and accomplish. Mm-hmm. Um, so in Destiny, that is what we would call a raid, you know, six men and women going in it uh, with puzzles and challenges and new mechanics that aren't anywhere else in the game. Yeah. And um, uh, another tweet that was out there was that cataclysms are intended to be that aspirational content. Um, you know, what we saw in the demo was sort of the outer ring of the cataclysm. The idea being that, you know, when that Ash Titan spawned in and everybody was fighting it, that relatively speaking, they were nowhere near the epicenter of that storm. You know, you could see it off in the distance to on a part of the map that was closed off for the demo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, as you get closer and closer, I'd imagine the challenge gets harder and harder and more difficult enemies um and to really get to the center of it and to you know tackle the highest challenge and Mm -hmm. to get the best reward you know you really need to be at the top of your game equipment wise and skill wise and whatnot um Mm -hmm. you know another thing they mentioned i i could talk about this game all day but (laughs) they they talked about again with endgame um and what sort of the motivation is going to be mm-hmm. for a normal player throughout their process you know so get the game day one you start up first goal finish that story get through the critical path you know finish all the campaign missions second goal get to level 30 um because you probably won't max out with your initial playthrough um but then from there you know there's whole side mission story arcs that open up after level 30 there's um faction uh missions and arcs um out of three factions that don't open up until after 30 um and then you're starting getting into new contracts legendary contracts which are sort of a randomized um high tier activity in the open world um there's new challenges that don't open up till 30 of course you have the strongholds and then Mm -hmm. eventually through this roadmap we'll get cataclysm so i think all that's to say that they've thought about a lot of things like i said earlier you know they've learned from games of the genre that have come before it um Mm -hmm. they anticipate what the issues are going to be and they anticipate uh how quickly some players can get through these games um and they're ready for it they they have a plan and they're going to be feeding us content for the foreseeable future, which is um, really comforting thought as someone who has pre-ordered the game and is expecting to invest uh, quite some time, hopefully. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Eric, do you have any final thoughts before we move on? No, I'm, I mean, Amos is pretty spot on with everything. <laughs> I mean, I, I, how do you follow you up it. with that? Um, I, I am excited for this game. Let's no. <laughs> but so, you know, so am I. And truthfully, like I'm right there with Amos. Um, I have been looking for a game pretty much exactly like this. Uh, you know, I remember when they 
first announced this and I, you know, I, I text Damus and I was like, bro, we have to get this game. He's like, are you sure? And I'm like, yes, we have to get this game. <laughs> and it's, so it's, it's just awesome to see just all everybody's excitement around this game and mm-hmm. what's to come from it. There's so much to this game that we haven't seen. You know, we've talked about Destiny, of course. You know, Destiny, yes, they um, brought us a really good game for its time, and and it had its, um, you know, ups and downs. You know, I think, like, the second one, they even just ignored some of the things that happened in the first one and didn't even bring some Mm -hmm. stuff back. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, so this game, I feel like they've really looked at just everybody's past and what everyone has done up to this point. And I'm hoping that they, you know, have done their due diligence to kind of correct all that and, and bring us a game that we can invest a lot of time in. You know, mm-hmm. you guys, we were talking about multiplayer and all these different things. I'm not really interested in a game right now that offers that. Yeah. We already have those games that are out there right now. Right. We need another one. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that this is just going to be an incredible multiplayer game that I'm not um, that I'm playing with friends, not against. Yeah, right. And so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm excited to see what's to come. The demo itself was just incredible. So, um, yeah, this is going to be a long week waiting for this game. Yeah, it is. I, it can't come soon enough. I just did my pre-order today, so I'm ready to go, man. Twenty second. One yeah, last I'm... thing before we move on, yeah. <laughs> Matt and Eric. Um, I think this came out either today or earlier this week. Uh, there's going to be a live action short dropping on Thursday. Oh, yeah. Uh, directed oh, by yeah. Neil Blomkamp, yeah. Uh, the director of District 9. So that should be pretty cool as well. Uh, What's the title of that, that again? I saw the... It's, uh, you know, that's... Uh, I think it was Anthem... Um, uh, yeah, let me. I saw that too, but I, I I should have written it down. I didn't I didn't catch it. No, it's all right. I uh I saw it earlier on their website when I was uh just grabbing some uh extra stuff. It's called Conviction. Uh, that's Conviction. It. Yes, that's what Conviction. It was. So that comes out on Valentine's Day, actually. So mm-hmm. yeah, I I did see that news story, and I was like, really? Well, that is, they're they're doing a very good job at marketing this game. I have to say, I, they've mm-hmm. done just constant stream of communication. Um, tons of videos, tons of uh, developer insight into the game. So, yeah, wow. I think this this is going to be a very successful game. I really think that this is going to be a big redemption for EA, even though this is this is really Bioware's game. But mm-hmm. yeah. um, I think that the narrative that's gone along with EA is is hopefully going to change with Apex, which we'll again get to in a moment. Uh, with the the Star Wars game coming out later this year, also from Respawn, and then uh, Anthem. I, I really think this is going to be a redemption year for electronic arts well yeah, let's move in <laughs> yeah they they definitely do <laughs> i think they were still voted like the uh the world's you know most unpopular company as far a couple as years in the row now if i had to guess <laughs> you know yeah i think they they probably want to get that off their resume so yeah so let's let's move into the uh another ea game that's doing incredibly well and took everybody by surprise and that is definitely apex legends um uh, we've we uh, my my guest and I last week had a great discussion about the game, kind of giving our early thoughts. But now that everyone's had a bit more time to jump into the arena and really get a feel for the gameplay and the characters, I wanted to get your guys' takes on what you think of the game. So the first thing I want to talk about uh, or get your opinions on is the actual gameplay itself. 
Uh, what do you guys think of the, the gameplay, just the pure gameplay in Apex Legends? Uh, I, I think it's pretty fun. Um, definitely brought, you know, that Battle Royale type of game, uh, brought it to a different light. Um, mm-hmm. Having different strategies, different characters, bringing them all together. It's a little weird it only being three people in a team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm used to it being like four or like just an even number if that. Like, give me <laughs> yeah. two, you know, like give me two or what? I don't know. It's just, it is weird it being three, but yeah. it's, um, it's not bad. But mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I've been loving the, the mechanics of the game and just the, the overall style that they brought. Mm-hmm. It's different, different than yeah. anybody's done so far. Yeah, it's a yeah. it's a breath of fresh air. You know, I've mm-hmm. I've played all the big ones, um, PUBG, Fortnite, Call of Duty, Blackout, um, and this one just I mean we're gonna get into it brings so much to the table, uh, changes the formula just enough to be different and unique, um, and <laughs> I don't think I'll be able to go back to any other just with all the different quality of life improvements and different yes. little mechanics they put in. Um, Absolutely. It, it's, it's one of a kind and, and hopefully it sets a new standard for any future titles that want to enter the genre. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the, uh, I think what you're alluding to a lot of is the ping system. Am I right? Yep. <laughs> yeah. So the, the ping system, ping system is man, this is like what a simple thing to implement but it's done so well i mean no other game has a communication quite like this at least from a console standpoint i know pc has a, a bit easier time to communicate in a lot of games because you do have the mouse and you can really pinpoint things okay. but on a controller it's really not as intuitive to navigate especially uh, when you're playing a, a first person shooter and there is so much going on but they they implemented this brilliant system where you can just click your your shoulder button and basically ping a section on the map and and uh, locate an enemy and basically uh, tell your team where the enemy is at instead of having to give a verbal command like in Fortnite where oh you know they're at two thirty and you're like looking up at the top of the screen where you know where am I on the on the compass I I spend so much time trying to figure out where the enemies are actually at that by the time I figure that out it's it's too late you know those seconds yeah. are so critical but having that ping come up and everybody being able to see oh it's right over there because it shows on your screen where it's at. That's perfect, and it's so quick to to react to, and being able to uh, to to name loot or name uh, ammo or um, points of interest on the map. Hey, we're going over this way. Like it's mm-hmm. just it's brilliant. It really, really it is, is such huge. a simple system. Yeah, which is uh, which is super interesting because I feel like what they're doing with this is you don't have necessarily a need to have your headset on anymore either. No, no, you don't. You know, and what's what's great about that, um, you know, a few things. So we've kind of seen where online has gone and online has always been a communication. We've always been able to talk and chat since it's since it's been it's released. Like that's been the whole thing is like you're communicating, you're talking. And Mm -hmm. this is just the new evolution to that. Yeah. You you can play um, Call of Duty with your friends. Right. But. Um, some let's say someone doesn't have their headset on or you're in a random group before and uh, same thing someone doesn't have their headset on there's never been a real true way to communicate with an individual that you're mm-hmm. playing with mm-hmm. so this has just been great that no matter you know who you're playing with how you're playing it 
the ping system itself can just help that communication go even further. So yeah, it's, and it's a really, really nice addition. It is. I, I'm very much, uh, unless I'm playing with my friends, I will still use a headset, but I'm pretty like antisocial when I'm playing with randoms online. Yeah. Just because like, <laughs> you know, like people, you, you always drop in a game like Fortnite. You get, you get either the 12 year old kid that's just spewing a bunch of shit or playing mm-hmm. some guy playing music really loud in the background, or you get that yeah. random dude who comes on the mic is like, anybody got mic? Anybody got a mic? I, I like I have my and then mic they want on. To be your best friend. Yeah, and I <laughs> I feel bad because most of the time I don't even reply. I'm just I'm like I just want to play the game. Like I don't want to chat and I don't know you. Like you know what I mean? No, so, yeah, you, you can contribute without having to be buddy buddy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Last yeah. night was a perfect example. I jumped in last night um, after I got off with um, Amos and and uh, his brother. And I get into this game, and these guys are playing together, and they're like, hey, Captain, hey, Captain, you got a mic? And I just, I yes, I did, but I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> and so I finally get downed, and I'm like, hey, guys, I'm down. Can you come get me? And they're like, oh, Captain. <laughs> <laughs> captain, you're alive. You're like, well, I'm, I'm not, but can you get me? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, so nice mechanic. I, I really like it. Yeah, I think that's been the the best piece of of uh information i guess to come out of this game is just how incredible this ping system is and if you haven't jumped in and played this game already first of all it's free so download it uh but definitely yeah i mean realistically it's it's such a polished game this game this did did either of you guys play any of the titanfall games uh the first one which i really enjoyed Uh yeah. Didn't get a chance to get into the second one yet, though. Yeah, I had the first one on on PC back in the day, and I played through it. And that was like, I I I'm not very good at first person shooters on PC just because I don't play my PC that often. But mm-hmm. that game was still very very fun and very very fluid to control. Um, and Titanfall two really expanded on that, um, and added the campaign, which is what a lot of people wanted. So, um, I, I I'm noticing a lot of um a lot of the this game clearly takes place after the uh, events of the campaign of Titanfall. I think like 30, 40 years after Titanfall mm-hmm. 2. Um, but the, the movement is still so fluid there. They did take away a lot of like the wall running and, and things that the pilots had in the Titanfall series. I, I imagine just for balance uh, issues, but um, it really still feels so great to run through this game. Um, on the ground, sliding is is incredible. Um, that's such a great, great way to, to increase your movement speed when you're sliding down hills especially since the map is so um, vertical and at some points um, having no fall damage is, mm-hmm. is a huge relief too uh, for somebody who was uh, constantly falling in Fortnite from high locations <laughs> uh, oftentimes not even uh, intentionally uh, it's, it's kind of nice that you can, I, I still feel like, you know, when you're jumping off of a, a mountain or like the, the drop ship that's in the air that has loot, like, I'm always like, oh man, this I'm I'm about to die. But then you hit the ground, and you're like, oh, that's right. There's no fall damage. <laughs> yeah, there's been a few times we try land a uh, supply ship, and then you know, see the one guy get to the weapon for you. It's like, all right, I'm out, and just jump off the side. Yeah, just jump off. I'm like, I'm. You get shot up on that ship, and you're like, well, this is it. I'm dead. And you're like, no, you yeah, can just jump we'll off the off ship. In right most now. cases. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, that's I've, really nice. I've done that a few times. But uh, another another thing I think they did a great job with is the just the looting in this game. Um, it's, it's very similar to, uh, PUBG, very similar to blackout in that you have attachments for the guns. Uh, mm-hmm. there's, there's different ammo for the guns that you've got to worry about, but they do a great job of simplifying that. 
uh, I really do like the um, the auto equip on the correct weapon. If you pick mm -hmm. up an attachment and it doesn't work on the primary weapon you're using, but it does work on the other one, it'll automatically equip it over there uh, yeah. or tell you that you have a better one equipped currently. So there's no need to pick that one up. I, I really think that they did a great job with uh, with just making that that system a lot easier to navigate, especially yeah. on console. There's a lot more about when you're playing these games, you know. And so I think that it's nice that they kind of take away that burden of having to recollect all that information. Yeah. Um, and just kind of help support you with it. I, mm -hmm. I, I do think that that's a nice little mechanic. Yeah. Because yeah, knowing that an AK shoots 7.62 or a pistol uses, you know, 50, you know, a, a 32 round, you know, that mm -hmm. doesn't change anything. It doesn't make the game any better or make you any better for playing it so having yeah. you know just this is light ammo this is heavy ammo this is shock and ammo uh yeah. just makes everything smoother and and mm -hmm. really lets you just focus on what you're there for which is trying to survive and trying yeah. to kill the other teams and and make it to the end yeah. uh, which is nice you know you don't want anything complicating that or or getting away with what is actually fun yeah and that was a big um issue that i had with PUBG. It, it, not that it's a bad thing it's just it is a very complex a lot more realistic system and to an extent blackout as well with with a similar mm -hmm. type stuff um yeah I, I mean a lot of times i'd go what ammo goes with this gun? Like, what am I looking for? And yeah. you spend so much time trying to read the the stuff on the ground because it's it's all the same color. It's all silver or it's all, you know, whatever uh, bronze colored ammo. And you're like, what? I don't even know what I'm looking for. But having these different ammos in Apex be color coordinated, it's just so easy to tell, hey, there's heavy ammo over there. That's where I need to go pick that up, you know? So, uh, one other one other big key difference with this game, of course, is the addition of different characters, the, the legends themselves. Um, what are your guys' thoughts? What are your guys' initial characters that you're gravitating towards in this game? I've been liking uh, Gibraltar. I think uh, he's been really kind of in line with how I like to play these games. Um, mm -hmm. Just adding that hero shooter Overwatchy type element to it is really cool. And again, going back to the idea of this game just being a breath of fresh air if you play mm -hmm. Battle Royales a lot. Um, each character has three abilities. Uh, you get a passive. Um, for Gibraltar, he has a sort of arm shield that comes up whenever you're aiming down sight, mm -hmm. um, which kind of gives you a little bit of extra coverage you know, around your upper chest head area. Um, and then you have a active skill. Uh, and in this case, it's like a, a bubble shield, uh, which you can deploy in front of you and, and you know give your teammates some extra cover in a firefight. And mm -hmm. then everybody has an ultimate. Um, and with Gibraltar, his is one of my favorites. You get to call a bombardment down. Um, and I know uh, that we've had some fun calling that right on top of us because there's no uh, friendly <laughs> fire damage. That's so, so nice. Yeah. By, by calling on top of us and then... You know, it's also misleading. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was a game Amos and I were playing where their team was shooting it, he was shooting it, and I couldn't tell who was shooting at me and what was what, so... It, yeah but yeah that can I, happen <laughs> oh yeah it, it gets it definitely can get chaotic with uh with all these different ults going off and abilities but it's it's fun it keeps it fresh uh definitely i do like right now i mean there's there's eight characters that that are available and uh the developers have said that they they plan to add more over time um which is great because it's just like overwatch they're gonna slowly expand this but instead of having overwatch a paid game get these free characters this is a free game that gets 
essentially paid characters mm-hmm. uh, but the characters can all be earned in game just by playing so I mean, you really do not have to spend money here if you're willing to put in the time to play, which is yeah. wonderful. Um, but I, I do like that no specific character feels overpowered at the moment. They did a great job with the balance, especially with uh, integrating these different abilities into a Battle Royale game. Um, I've seen so many tier lists online of what characters they think are the best right now, which ones are yeah. the worst. And every website has a different tier list uh, and characters at the bottom might be on the top of another website's list. And it really just shows that it, it really does come down a lot to uh, it, it's a it's an objective thing like or objective, subjective, whichever one is more of an opinion based. <laughs> yeah, it's a subjective. Um, subjective how you feel and... Yeah. So I, I really think every every player is going to have a different uh, character that they gravitate towards or feel more comfortable playing as. Um, and it really just, it's, it, they did an incredible job with the balance overall, especially right out of the gates. Yeah. Eric, you've been playing caustic. How have you like, how have you been liking that character? That's one of the, uh, I guess you would say premium characters. Mm-hmm. Well, so you guys were talking or we've been talking, um, and it, you know, we were saying about like the characters and, um, some being, or assuming to be betters. And I know every website's kind of had their own take on it but when you first start to play caustic um and uh shoot what's his name what's the other one that you have to unlock uh, mirage. mirage mirage that's right caustic and mirage so you have to unlock them so me assuming oh if you have to unlock them they're probably the better characters um i ended up unlocking caustic just under that assumption but mm-hmm. now that i'm using them i'm finding out that that balance that they have for every character is there. Yeah. So they've done a really good job balancing. I would agree back to, you know, Matt's point earlier, they mm-hmm. balance the characters very well. Um, but I love caustic. I think that it's really great. Um, you know, he, he has this three abilities, so mm-hmm. he's got his tactical and his passive and his ultimate. Mm-hmm. Um, his tactical ability is pretty cool. Um, so he's got the, um, what's it called? Noxic, gas trap or something like that i i Mm want to say it's an oxid gas trap yeah um and you drop canisters that release like this deadly noxic gas when um like so when enemies are around they'll it'll trigger it and you can either shoot it or if they get close by it'll trigger on its own so it's really helpful when you're um just trying to like lay a base so if you're Mm -hmm. in 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 a a house or something like that it's a nice uh buffer to have so you can kind of put them by each way um have them as triggers so somebody but um you'll be able to you know see the gas go off and hopefully protect yourself um yeah. but one of the passive move really helps with this one so the passive ability is like uh the the nox vision Mm-hmm. Um, which allows you to see the enemies through the gas. Oh, that's so, helpful. Yeah, so this is the huge part. So you lay out your gas traps. Somebody comes into, the, let's say, the house that you're in. Gas gets released, and they're hanging out in the gas trying to get out. They mm-hmm. illuminate this yellow. Um, you know, Well, they illuminate yellow. You see the whole character, yeah. and it gives you – they can't see you, but it gives you your target. Um, that's cool so it's super super helpful um which it also helps with its ultimate ability which is a uh, nox gas grenade 
so you basically throw this grenade and in a huge area this grenade goes off and you have your enemy there which again are all um you, you can see them through so they're all targeted and makes it a lot easier they're all firing blindly at you you have your target that you can actually see so it's helpful mm -hmm. i've been able to trap whole squads in it um nice so yeah i mean i mean i think it's he's he's really really good i think it my only complaint um if i, if I have one is the green comparison to maybe other characters and i could be wrong here but mm -hmm. i just feel like the um the grenade that he throws out and yes i've trapped whole teams in there i still feel like it's not as wide of a range as maybe some of the other ultimates yeah it it's still an amazing amazing move yeah i'm sure that's probably for balance reasons they had to make sure that it's fair um, right. and and I, I i had the same thought initially too oh these characters are locked interesting maybe they're going to be a little bit more powerful you know, mm -hmm. but this game is very clearly not pay to win in any way. I mean, it's it truly is mm -hmm. just your your style of gameplay. And um, I, I think those two characters that they did put behind a, a effectively a paywall or, or a time wall um, are, are just fine. They're definitely not anything to write home about. I think the I think some of the other characters are a little bit more useful in most scenarios. But this gives you some other characters to play around with. And who knows, the meta is going to change over time. The game's been out for. Uh, a week at this point so i think there's still going to be a lot of development happening with within the metagame itself um but i do i do want to point out that if you do want to spend money in this game everything feels extremely fairly priced um i think the the, the new legends to purchase uh caustic or mirage uh work out to be seven dollars and fifty cents for an entire new legend to play oh, wow. and you, you compare bad. no it's really not you compare that to fortnite that has skins for characters that are twenty dollars and uh, i had no problem paying for those skins like you know again i want to show off i want to i want to uh have something that, that other people don't have you know mm -hmm. um th it, this is a fraction of the cost of that a third of the price and you get an actual playable character that has a bunch of skins that you can unlock too which is just incredible so uh, i think they, they did a good job with making everything fair as far as the pricing goes it's very clear that they're not just pricing stuff as a cash grab. They they really did think about the system of of how much things should cost uh, based on the in-game currency too that you earn. So um, speaking of things to come in the future with new characters, uh, they did announce that uh, they, they will be releasing new legends in the future. Also in March, so next month, they're going to be releasing the Battle Pass. So another, another way for the game to become mon monetized. Um, and I'm curious to see what they include in that and if it's as robust as Fortnite's with having so many levels that you can get all of this exclusive uh, cosmetic items in there. Um, and they're going to they're gonna release seasons as well uh, along with the game too. So uh, what, what do you guys expect in the, in the future from this game? What do you want to see? I mean, I think obviously New Legends, you know... Uh most people like to like variety and i think having mm -hmm. new characters and new skills and um new classes of characters you know if you look at the uh, current roster right now you have bloodhound who is uh designated as a tracker and he's mm -hmm. only one so kind of yeah. seeing okay what would another tracker look like um what would that what type of powers would that entail um mm -hmm. you know what type of character or background would that be um mm -hmm. 
or if you know they can come up with uh completely different types of classes beyond you know the support and uh defensive offensive and uh and tracker so um, yeah that'll be interesting to see if they can if, if they bring a variety in that in that sense yeah i'm also curious to see if they add other maps because this map i noticed when you load in it has a name so yeah. a king, yeah. mm-hmm. king's, yep. king's valley is it what was it mm-hmm. yeah yeah so it, it kind of reminds me similar to when you're loading up a match in overwatch where they've got the different the different names uh of the maps there in the top right corner um it, it kind of lends you to believe that maybe there will be other maps in this game um and so far i think it's it's PUBG that's been the only game that's added additional maps everything else mm-hmm. is kind of just above the the single map in the game so yeah, they're up to four now i believe yeah, which is Dang. wild. Um, yeah, it, it, I was so certain that if Fortnite ever died down in hype, which it's still very, very uh, popular game, that the Epic would just pull the trigger on a new map and release it. But I was saying this back during season three or four when it was still effectively the same map. But now you look at it uh, and it's it's a completely different map, but it's still the same base structure that they've built upon. So they've done a really interesting thing of evolving this map over time. Um, I wonder if if there's going to be changes to this existing map, or if we are going to see uh, new maps in the future. So that's something to to stay tuned for, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think the challenge there, and this is what PUBG faces, keeping the player base together. You know, when you yeah. maps, you know, people are going to have their favorites, or a lot of people are going to only want to play the new ones. Yeah, um, and with specifically Battle Royale, you need so many players to make it work that trying to keep everybody as together as possible is difficult. I mean, yeah. if they can figure it out, then bring on a new map. But otherwise, yeah. I think a, a Fortnite type solution where it's an evolving map uh, would probably be a better route. Or or just make it so you queue up and it's randomized like Overwatch where you yeah. don't know what you're going to get, but the entire lobby is spawning into that same map. You don't have the choice mm-hmm. of picking which map you want to play on. I think would be a fun way to approach it too. But uh, as it stands now, this map is still um so diverse in the different uh terrain that i'm still finding out new locations that i haven't been to yet um and discovering new things the different caves and stuff that's yeah yeah um you know what amos and i actually had a good conversation about last night was let's just go to the same spot every time familiarize ourselves with it so that we are comfortable and confident with where we're at because feel like every time we go somewhere different we're constantly finding something new Mm -hmm. and so i think that that's kind of been what's hurt us as in a place that we're not always knowing like where can people come from where yeah where can we surprise us you know yeah so how do we eliminate those surprises how can we um really better ourselves in the game as well Mm -hmm. um so, but yeah, this game, this map is, itself is so vast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been, I've been kind of in the same boat, just exploring. I want to explore everything and and see all the different locations uh, to see in this map. And so, yeah, I, I've, I'm kind of in the same route. I'm just checking it out, and I don't really feel too comfortable with one specific location yet on the map. I just kind of want to get a general idea of where things are at. Uh, maybe I'll start honing in on specific locations too just to get better. But uh, so this game, obviously very popular uh, in its first three days, they eclipsed 10 million players overall. 
they had a concurrent player uh, count of 1 million, which is insane for a brand new game that's launched with uh, basically hardly any fanfare except for uh, a small like leak weekend that they had uh, and then the 15 minute reveal stream. So they've done a very, very good job with this game's release. It's been very stable. I haven't run into any issues myself. Uh, yep. What do you what do you guys think the what do you guys think of the staying power for this uh, Apex Legends versus other battle royale games? You know, I heard a, a YouTuber say this, and I'm not going to be able to give credit, unfortunately, but um, he kind of made a point that for a lot of people, myself included, you know, PUBG is I haven't played it in forever since it officially released on the Xbox. Yeah, um, but even up to that point and after that, it was still kind of the uh, the the janky game that <laughs> you you loved, but you put up with more than anything. Yeah, um, and you know, Blackout is great, but you got the six dollar paywall. Mm-hmm. So really, the only thing that this compares to most adequately is Fortnite, as far as quality and you know uh, cost of entry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of gamers who are in our age bracket, you know, um, mid twenties and, and with actual lives, you know, getting into <laughs> Fortnite is tough, you know, either yeah. you're playing with a bunch of 12 year olds or someone built the empire state building in two seconds. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and there's so no true. middle ground. And I think mm-hmm. with, with, uh, apex legends, it's very, uh, attractive to, that group of gamers who uh, really either haven't jumped into Fortnite and at this point wouldn't really be able to with the level mm-hmm. of complexity it's gone to um, yeah. or just want something more mature. I mean, even though I don't, I don't know the rating of the game off the top of my head, so I don't necessarily mean by rating, but just a more mm-hmm. mature experience uh, compared to the cartooniness and, and kid friendliness of Fortnite. I think sure. that'll bring a lot of people and cause a lot of people to jump shit which I think ultimately is a good thing. You know, competition uh, mm-hmm. uh, makes the space better overall. Definitely, yeah. I, I, I think that Apex Legends is the game to beat right now uh, as f- from, from a third-party perspective of other competitors in this arena. Um, no pun intended. I think Fortnite is definitely still the king of, uh, of the Battle mm-hmm. Royale games. I think Epic Games has done incredible things over the past year with really pushing that that genre forward and bringing people who don't normally play games into uh, a game uh so to speak uh, releasing that game on just about every platform mobile included um cross play cross progression really pushing that forward they've done a lot for the industry over the last year and i really do think that they've laid the foundation for this game to be successful i don't think this game would have been as successful had it released a year or a year and a half ago uh, when they were um, you know, really heavily in, in the, to the development of the game. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I think that this is the, the one to go to right now. You made a, a great point of, uh, just our age group and the type of games that we're into. This is very much right up a lot of people's alley and, and, and such a polished experience for a free game. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, Eric, do you have any last thoughts on apex before we, uh, close out? No, I, uh, I'm hoping that we see some cross-play between Xbox and PlayStation soon. Me too. Um, I want to play with you, know, you guys. <laughs> other, other than that, I, you know, I think that we've said all we can say on this game. I think it's, I think it's great. I think mm-hmm. they're definitely bringing um, something new to the table. 
mm-hmm. you know, what I'll say about Fortnite, you know, they did an amazing job. You said bringing Fort Street, um, you know, do an amazing job with uh, really vamping up this new battle royale style. Yeah. They may not have been the first, but they did it right. And so um, they've really been there supporting for the next generation. And I think that that's what Apex is going to be. Um, yeah. I, I'm, it's best battle royale, in my opinion, that I've played yet. Sweet. Amos, you have any last words? Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's even the name of the game. It's, it's Apex. You know, it's, it's, I think it's quickly becoming the top of the genre. And, um, I think it, like you said, I think you put it perfectly. It's going to be the game to beat, uh, in the coming months and, and within the next year or so, uh, mm-hmm. as other developers, uh, and even if other, uh, larger AAA, uh, studios like, um, respawn through EA or, or others, um, try to get into it. Um, this is definitely the one setting the standard, I think. Definitely. Well, guys, I want to thank you both for joining me today to chat about some things we're looking forward to and currently enjoying. Eric, where can folks find you online? Uh, you can uh, follow me at in the mind of Eric. It's all just one thing. Um, but yeah, feel free, follow me. Uh, check out photos of me, my daughter, and my family. And uh, yeah. Awesome. Amos, what about you? Uh, I'm a very offline guy. <laughs> um, you can find me on Xbox. Uh, if you're so inclined to uh, play with strangers, uh, nice. GamerTag Save 7. But otherwise, uh, yeah, uh, very offline uh, for the most part. But Sweet. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks again, guys. And once again, if you have any gaming-related questions you'd like to ask me, either tweet at me at IYU Podcast or email me at the email address hello at inyourelementpodcast.com. I'll answer your questions on the next episode. If you enjoy the podcast, consider visiting patreon.com slash inyourelement and supporting at the $1 level or above to receive all future episodes early and ad-free. Gain a Patreon exclusive role in the In Your Element Discord server where you can hang out and chat with myself and other elementalists. Be eligible for giveaways, attend patron hangouts, and more. And don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast service you consume the show on and leave a review if you enjoy the content. Until next time, see you later, Elementalists.